Welcome to the podcast of Bethel Mennonite Church in Gladys, Virginia. Today's message was originally preached March the 11th, 2012 by Leon Yoder. The title is The Ministry of Encouragement. Good morning, everyone. I greet you in Jesus' name. I want to talk about something that's, I believe, a critical part of every Christian's life and, uh, and ministry. Yes, every, every Christian is a minister and has a, has a ministry. <clears throat> I want to think just briefly about uh, Joshua and the end of Moses' life. Remember how uh, before the leadership was transferred from Moses uh, to, to Joshua for the children of Israel. It was, it was an important time for the children of Israel. It was an important time for Joshua. And God told Joshua numerous things. And among them, uh, sorry, God told Moses and Joshua also, but God was telling Moses here in Deuteronomy 3, Just a couple of verses there, 27 and 28. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah, and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward, and behold it with thine eyes, for thou shalt not go over this Jordan, but charge Joshua, and encourage him, and strengthen him, For he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. Moses had many responsibilities, and one of them here at the close of his life and the end of his work with Israel was to encourage Joshua, who would be the new leader. And God knew that Joshua needed encouragement. He was facing a huge responsibility and he had seen the things and had experienced with Moses a lot of the things, the difficulties, the stresses, the trials that came with leading this flock of uh, uh, sometimes stubborn and hard-hearted people. Uh, Joshua was encouraged by God. God told Joshua, As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. Those were words of God directly to Joshua. Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all thy law, or the law. And that, that is an important, that is the first place from, from a first source of encouragement for, for a Christian, for a man and woman of God. To worship God, to count our blessings, to praise, uh, all of those things, uh, those are real antidotes to, uh, to discouragement. But God also um, 
encourages us through people. And he told Moses, encourage Joshua. And God encouraged Joshua through the uh, children of Israel. Later in Joshua 1, the people of Israel encouraged Joshua saying, be strong and of a good courage. We will follow you. We'll do as you say. We'll go where you say we should go. So Joshua is one example of a person getting encouragement from God, but also getting encouragement from people. Solomon was another one. Uh, when Solomon began his reign, remember that uh, God spoke directly to him and encouraged him, but God also used his father, David, to encourage him. In 1 Chronicles 28, verse 20, And David said to Solomon his son, Be strong and of good courage, and do it. Fear not, nor be dismayed, for the Lord God, even my God, will be with thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee, until thou hast finished all the work for the service of the house of the Lord. That was the special, the special work that he was referring to was the building of the temple. Those are a couple of Old Testament examples. A, uh, a New Testament example that's really uh, interesting and challenging to us, uh, Barnabas and, and John Mark. John Mark lived with his mother, Mary. Theirs was the home that the disciples gathered in to pray for Peter when he was in prison. Read that in, in Acts. And it was on their door that Peter came knocking after the angel had delivered him from, from prison in Acts 12. And Mark was a, was a relative of Barnabas some way, um, maybe a cousin, maybe a nephew. Colossians 4 uh, refers to that. And in Acts 12, it says that Barnabas and uh, Paul took John Mark with them and started on a missionary journey. But along the way, in the next chapter, Acts 13, and verse 13, when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga in Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. So John Mark uh, left uh, Paul and Barnabas and went back, uh, left that missionary journey. And that bothered Paul. It, uh, why, did, why did Mark leave? Was he, was he, I don't know what all Paul was thinking, maybe he knew exactly why he left. We don't know for sure. Was he, was he uneasy about traveling in, in this Gentile territory? Uh, was he just homesick and wanted to go back to his mom? Did he not have the stamina or the stomach for the, the difficulties and the risks that they were that they were facing for the sake of the gospel? We're, we're not sure. And we're not sure how much Paul knew, but Paul remembered it, and it still bothered him. And he saw John Mark's leaving as a weakness, as a flaw or something. Uh, 
And Paul was not one to be patient with slackers. When the missionaries returned to Jerusalem, uh, I, I suppose that Mark joined them to listen to these mission reports and their stories. And after some time went by, Paul suggested to Barnabas, let's go again. Let's make this circuit again and visit these churches and encourage them and see how they're doing. And Barnabas agreed that that could be a good idea. And he wanted to take John Mark along. And you're familiar with the story. Paul thought it not good to take John Mark along because he had left them before. He had deserted them. And remember how there was a, a contention between Paul and Barnabas, enough so that they decided that they should go different directions and Paul took Silas and Barnabas, um, missionary-minded Barnabas, took John Mark with, with him. I think that was probably an encouragement to John Mark that Barnabas, Barnabas had this confidence in him. He hadn't given up on him. He didn't say, okay, you messed up or whatever the problem was and discard him as useless. But he saw potential there and Barnabas was an encourager. And no doubt Mark was immature. And no doubt there were some lacks. And, but Barnabas, uh, the name means son of consolation, the son of encouragement. Barnabas wanted to encourage John Mark. And I think that God was at work in all of this. We don't, we don't, uh, there are things about that, that little, uh, that contention, as the scripture calls it, that we don't know. I don't think that, that, uh, that they were angry at each other, that Barnabas and, and Paul uh, were angry and disgusted with each other, but they disagreed. And they disagreed pretty um, strong enough that it was called a contention. Barnabas was a generous man, a giving man. He was uh, one of those in, in Acts 4 who he had land and he sold it and he brought money and laid it at the apostles' feet. In Acts 4, Acts 11 says that he was a good man. He was sent to help the new Christians in Antioch. And in Acts 11, it says he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And God used him. Much people was added unto the Lord. Now Mark was not the first person that that uh, Barnabas had encouraged. Actually, uh, earlier, he had been an encourager of Paul himself. When Saul came to Jerusalem, uh, after he was Saul then, uh, when he came to Jerusalem, he wanted to join the disciples. But they were all afraid of him. They were all scared of of. of 
soon to be Paul, and believed not that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him in Acts 9, 27, and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that God, that Christ had spoken unto him and how Saul had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Paul, I mean, Barnabas recognized Paul's gifts and his abilities. And when he was sent to Antioch and saw the needs there and maybe thought it was more than, than he could handle, he went back to Tarsus and got, uh, got Paul to come help him. And they spent a year there together. Barnabas was a quiet man in the story that we read in Acts he was, uh, you don't hear a lot about Barnabas, but he really was a remarkable person and did a lot of his work behind the scenes. <clears throat> now, it's interesting that later on, Paul, in one of his letters, in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11, he says this, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. And bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So his view of Mark had changed. And he saw him now as a profitable person to the ministry. Now, no doubt uh, Mark had grown and was more experienced and more useful. But, uh, you know, I think that... Uh, Paul probably was more useful at this point than he was at the beginning earlier in his ministry too. And I think that uh, he was maybe a, a little more of a Barnabas type now than he was when he and Barnabas had their contention over Mark. Now we need Paul's. We definitely do need Paul's. But we need Barnabas's also. And the church needs encouragers. Yes, God does encourage us through his word, through his spirit, but very often, often, God encourages us through our brothers and sisters. Has, have you met Barnabas? Has Barnabas encouraged you? We all need encouragement at some time or other. Here's another question for us. Are you a Barnabas? Are you an encourager? A son or daughter of consolation? God would want us to be. Christ would want us to be. And we can be. God, I believe that God intends that for us. He intends for us to be a body of encouragers sons and daughters of consolation who comfort and encourage each other. In uh, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 7, you know, in 1 Corinthians, Paul was uh, pretty sharp with the church at Corinth, and there was sin among them, and there was a sinner in their midst that he said needed to be excommunicated. And they did. And he, Paul knew that they had, and, and he, um, 
he monitored that situation. And he wrote in 2 Corinthians 2, verse 7, that it was time to, to uh, accept that brother back. Ye should rather forgive him and comfort him, lest by any means such a one should be swallowed up with his overmuch sorrow. He had learned his lesson. It was time for comfort and encouragement. Paul sent Tychicus to Ephesus for two reasons. We read about this in Ephesians 6. One, to let them know how things were with Paul, how Paul was doing. And also that he might comfort your hearts, that he might cheer and encourage them. Paul sent Timothy to Thessalonica. In, uh, we read about that in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 3. To establish you and to comfort you concerning your faith. And we read in Hebrews, Hebrews 10, a familiar instruction. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye, de- as ye see the day approaching. And... Uh, uh, some translations, well, the Amplified being one that that expands that exhorting to include admonishment and warning, but also encouragement. Time for encouragement. In Hebrews 3, exhort one another daily while it is called today. In 1 Thessalonians 4, so then comfort each other with these words. And 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 11, Wherefore, comfort yourselves together and edify one another, even as also ye do. Encourage each other. Turn with me to Ephesians 4. I'd like to read this passage together. Ephesians uh, chapter 4. Verses. A few verses here. uh, Beginning at verse 14. That ye... Henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slate of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. (laughs) 
And then notice in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that ye put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. And back in... uh, In verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together. The head of the body is is Christ. And he is the one that is the head of the body. And he is the source of the life and power of every Christian, of every individual in the church, the source of life and, the, and power of the church. And he's describing here this body, this Christ, and a way that he works in the, in the church. That this body is joined, uh, suitably placed, and united, knit together. The uh, English Standard Version says, says it this way, verse 16. From whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So we have all these connections, all these parts and they, and they touch each other. They, they, uh, there's contacts. There's contacts when we come together like this. And when we fellowship one-on-one or in groups, we touch each other. And the intent here is that every joint, every connection, every part, every person is, is uh, being affected is being effective, that there is something going on, something spiritual going on when a group of Christians are together, that every contact would be a life contact, an encouragement contact, that there be blessings flowing through those contacts. Sometimes they're going one way, sometimes they're going another way. And it is for our encouragement and for our edification, and for our blessing. Each part is giving, each part is receiving in proportion to their gifts, in proportion to their, proportion to their, to where they are in their experience, uh, to their need, in proportion to their need, that they all work according to the measure of their strength, and that no part, no person is useless or not, uh, not to be a part of this. And thus it maketh increase. It, it brings growth. It brings unity. It brings strength. As they are built up in love by the Spirit of God and the power of God. 
So we have Christ working in every individual. Uh, supposed to be. That's what should be happening. And then Christ working through individuals. And blessing, blessing the body, blessing the church. So Christian encouragement inspires us with spiritual courage. It helps us try again. It helps us to try harder. It helps us to keep trying, to keep pressing on in the Christian life, to a deeper relationship with God, to draw closer to God, to, uh, to a greater holiness, it should, to greater faithfulness, to more consistently uh, walk with the Lord. I'd like to, in our remaining time here, touch on some things that I think, some ways that we can be encouragers. One is through prayer. You know, our own, our own uh, personal communion with God and relationship with God makes a lot of difference in how, how well we're doing and how much or how little effect we can have on other people. Barnabas was filled with the Holy Spirit, it says. And when we pray for believers, when we seriously, earnestly pray for one another, uh, for, for other people, they are blessed. God, uh, it, it affects their lives. It affects our lives, we are blessed. It even affects our thoughts. It can help clarify, it can help sanctify our thoughts toward others and can deepen our burden for them. It better prepares our hearts to be encouragers when we come in contact with others. Our prayers may bring encouragement uh, for someone through some other means. It may not be us. And maybe we won't even see that person. Not be the person that would speak encouragement to them. Could be somebody else. Have you ever gone to a church service feeling sort of flat and uninspired? And did you come home feeling the same way? And wondered whether everyone else flat fell flat too. When, when that happens, uh, one question I've thought about for myself, I think, you know, have I prayed? Had I prayed? Did I pray before that service? Before that gathering, before that opportunity? Did I pray, God, there's a church service this morning. There's a group of our people gathering. Or I'm going to the sewing. Or I'm going to a youth activity. 
or I'm going to meet a friend, or maybe I'll run into someone unexpectedly. You know, there are those divine appointments. I want to be a blessing, and I need blessings too. Just prepare me to give, prepare me to receive. And uh, may, may my contacts be a blessing to others, to me. And I think when we, when we do that, I, prayer, prayer changes those times. Prayer with someone can be a great encouragement also. Someone facing a decision, facing a challenge, a trial, a temptation, a conflict, or whatever. Praying uh, with them can be an encouragement. Promising to pray for someone. Paul prayed for, for many Many people. I don't know how he kept track of his, his prayer list, but he had a long one. But prayer is one very important part of being a Barnabas, being an encourager. Another way we can bless others is but through love. And that's, of course, a, a given. Love is the connector to that bond. Uh, it would seem very obvious to us. Uh, in verse 15 in that passage there in Ephesians, but speaking the truth in love. And in, at the end of verse 16, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Love cares. Love doesn't pass by on the other side. Love sympathizes. It doesn't rush to judgment. It's not quick to be irritated and critical. Love takes action to help if there's something that can be done. See that ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Those who love God love the brethren. We see that often in 1 John. <clears throat> Love is a motivation. When we love people, we encourage them. It's easy to get frustrated with people, irritated, disgusted. Pray for them. Love them. You can bless them. Another way we can encourage people is by listening. God listens. We just talked about prayer, and God listens to our prayers, and we do well to listen also. You know, it helps, it helps us understand uh, a person, understand their, what they're facing, their needs, and, you know, we can tend to um, assume that we know what their problem is and, and start giving answers before we really understand the situation. Job's friends were that kind of friends. Miserable comforters are ye all, Job said of them. But a lot of times... <clears throat> Just listening can help a discouraged person to 
better understand himself what's discouraging him and sometimes even to see what the solution might be. You know, it was right there. Just, uh, and just talking about it uh, to someone helps him to see it more clearly and how, how, what he can change. A caring listener paid attention. That, that can be a real, a real encouragement to, uh, to others. It helps show we love and that we care. Truth is another way that uh, we can encourage others. We all need to, we all need to, we want to see clearly and we need the help of each other to see clearly and need to remind each other of the truth. Reminding each other of God's promises. He will never leave us or forsake us. That's true. Sometimes someone is going in a wrong direction and we need to remind them of the truth. God says, be ye holy. This, this, is, this way is uh, a holy way. That way is not. Encouragement uh, isn't flattery, just making people feel good. Sometimes people get that confused and they say, just say nice things to make people feel better and, you know, to encourage them that way. And it's, it's good to say nice things, but not just flattery and not just to, um, sometimes the kind thing is the truth, even when the truth uh, isn't comfortable. Paul says, neither at any time used we flattering words. I think Paul was pretty direct when he talked to people, and that's a kindness. He speaks the truth. He loves the truth, the encourager. And he knows that we need the truth to edify and build, to strengthen and lift us. Not in a, not in a critical, harsh, judgmental way. There are a lot of truth has been said that wasn't said in, in love. And sometimes it's said harshly, but the person uh, saying it makes that point. I, I say this in love, but sure doesn't feel like it. Maybe you've experienced that too. There's always... I think that the encourager doesn't just say uh, when it comes to speaking truth, right and wrong truth, doesn't just say you're wrong, but he says here's a better way. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts, but he points us to hope and to solutions, to better, a better way. Another way to encourage is through example and testimony. 2 Corinthians, the first chapter, speaking of God, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble, for the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. Moses could say to Joshua, God was with me, God will be with you. David to Solomon, the same thing. And Barnabas to Mark, 
the cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 11 and 12 mentions them. Christians who have suffered and have found grace and found the comfort of God can better understand suffering and can say that God was faithful. Many of you have done that. In Hebrews 2.18, it says of Jesus, For because he himself has suffered, suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Christians who have won victories over temptation. God gave me deliverance. I repented and God gave me, uh, God delivered me. Even when we, when we confess our sins and say I was wrong, but I, am, I repent, I am changing, I'm done with it, and I've decided to follow Jesus. That's an encouragement to, to all of us. So example and testimony uh, is, a, is an encouragement. Forgiving, reconciliation, being a peacemaker, that's an encouragement. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty five, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. And there's another uh, couple verses in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5, 23 and 4. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberest that thy brother hath aught against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to the brother, thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. So peacemaking is an obligation to uh, the Christian either way. If ye have aught against any, if, you have, if you're troubled with someone, forgive them. And then here in Matthew, uh, if you remember that someone has aught against you, go and make peace. Try to make peace. You know, sinners and even carnal Christians sometimes uh, get a kick out of seeing conflict between people. It's, it's entertainment to them. It's, but it's discouraging to people in it. And it's stressful. And it's a spiritual drain to us. Peace and reconciliation are so, it's so encouraging to be at peace and to help uh, work toward peace is a, is a real encouragement, a blessing. The last one I have here is through appreciation. Uh, we'll not read Romans 16, but Paul says there, I commend unto you Phoebe, and numerous other people in that, that, uh, that chapter of Romans that he uh, acknowledges for their gifts and their contributions. And I think that that's, that is a way we can encourage others, and it's a scriptural way to uh, acknowledge the contributions of others at home, in church, at work, wherever, just to... Uh, 
to bless them for blessing. And being thankful for, for what people do for us. That's, that's an encouragement. I've read this poem here before, but I'll, I think it fits real well. <clears throat> the, uh, the servant, I think sometimes it's called the servant song. Will you let me be your servant? Let me be as Christ to you. Pray that I may have the grace to let you be my servant too. We are pilgrims on a journey. We are travelers on a road. We are here to help each other walk the mile and bear the load. I will weep when you are weeping. When you laugh, I'll laugh with you. I will share your joy and sorrow till we see this journey through. So how can we be encouragers? We can pray for each other. We must. We must love each other. Listen. The truth. Share the truth. Example and testimony. Peacemakers. Forgiving. And through appreciation. Those are some ways that we can be encouragers. Ephesians 4 verse, verses 15 and 16 from the uh, New English translation. But practicing the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Christ who is the head. From him the whole body grows, fitted and held together through every supporting ligament. As each one does its part, the body grows in love. May the Lord bless us in that ministry. Shall we have a song? You've been listening to The Ministry of Encouragement, a message by Leon Yoder. This podcast is brought to you from the Bethel Mennonite Church in Gladys, Virginia. And you can find us online at BethelMennoniteOnline.org. Thanks for listening.